And thank you for joining us, Louisiana Sister Squad Podcast. I'm Katie. And I'm Tammy. Welcome to the show. Today we have on as a special guest, pastor and Christian influencer, Mark LeBrun. Thank you, Mark, for being here with us today. I uh, want to give you the opportunity to introduce yourself and tell our guests about you. Well, first and foremost, I want to say thank you, Louisiana Sister Podcast, for having me. I am super excited to talk more about what I do and to learn more about what you guys are doing. A little bit about me. My name is Mark LeBron, and I am from South Florida, um, Fort Lauderdale, Florida specifically. And I am recognized as a Christian influencer and I, uh, an international Christian influencer specifically. And I started a social media ministry with a heart and and, and it, it really to inspire people online to live for Jesus. And with dedicated and verified followings with over 150,000 followers on, on all my social media platforms, I've had multiple instances of my story going viral and my unique you know, approach to daily encouragement has been, that has really made me a go-to voice um, for ambitious um, men and women around the world. I really have a deep, deep passion for the local church, a very deep passion to help people who are broken, people who are hurting, people who are lost, people who need to experience Jesus. I am partner and one of the core leaders at the Font Church, which is a community of groups on mission to see the renewal of our city and I, I believe this is how you met me, Katie, through um, Hood Proverbs, which is I am a founder of this company. And Hood Proverbs exists to uh, inspire and infiltrate um, the, the culture and society through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, just a little bit more about me. I am part, uh, also a songwriter. I have a background in writing music. Um, I'm part of this uh, collective called Zamar Collective, which is a collective of creatives capturing moments of worship where we enjoy music for this generation. And I am a husband of one. I have one daughter. <laughs> my, my wife and I, we love to enjoy ourselves with watching movies, going grocery shopping, restaurant hopping, eating burgers, and really hanging out with each other in our, our special addition our baby daughter too and that's in our family now so i'm really known for my heart to see people transformed um by the gospel of jesus christ and his life is really my life is to really um help people find their identity in in christ jesus you are so right that is exactly how i found you and um, I first want to say is I really commend you for your work and being so bold. I definitely found you on Instagram and I think you found your hook to get people to stay is that famous stop right now and pray with me. It stops me every time and listening to your prayer is so much of what is needed today. Well, that's amazing. And, um, just to get a little bit more background on you. So did you grow up in the church? Can you tell us like a little bit of um, your childhood? Did you have like a coming to Jesus moment or like how all of this came about? Oh yeah, of course. I, I, so my parents definitely were, they have a church background. Um, they have a Christian background. So unfortunately I grew up in church, but the re reality is is that I didn't necessarily like church back in back in the days. I didn't like anything. I didn't want anything to do with God. I didn't want anything to do with church. So I was just going to church because my parents forced me to. <laughs> um, but I happened to have an encounter with Jesus outside of church, which is um, what made me um, take God a lot more seriously because I had a personal, real 
authentic encounter with him. And that made me, um, it really influenced me to help other people, not only in my community, but people all around the world to discover Jesus for themselves. I come from an area that is um, gang infested, a whole bunch of violence, drugs, you, you name it. And I grew up seeing those things even from the age of seven. And I'm really a product of these type of urban areas, urban communities, communities that, you know, most kids probably don't even have a meal to eat at the end of the day or communities where I'm seeing people beating up on, on each other or baby fathers and baby mothers are fighting against each other. I come from that type of area and I believe where I came from really makes me a unique um, individual because I get to see, I've, I've happened to see the good and the bad, um, but I am a product of, you know, I, I, what we call it, the hood. And the hood did raise me, but Jesus is the person who changed me. And now I really, which is why, really the, the reason why I have this ministry called Hood Proverbs is to to reach the hood. I want to reach people that was just like me, people who came from the same area as me, people who, who you know, experienced the same stuff that I've experienced and influencing is that them. Why, uh, is that why you're so focused on youth ministries is because of your experience of, you know, even being in church and not wanting to be there and then also seeing what's outside of that world and how harmful it is. Is that really what's inspiring you to keep working with the youth? Yeah, yes, that is somewhat what's inspiring me, but I would say this, which, which really, what really, really keeps me up at night and what really drives me in regards to the gospel is the fact that I see that there's so many people that are hurting and so many people who are lost, so many people who are heading to, excuse my French, to hell. And I want to be able to help those people encounter Jesus and experience him in a real authentic way. I I remember having a uh, being at a place where I just felt very lonely, very rejected. I didn't know who I was. I had identity crisis. And for some reason, when I found Jesus everything came together. Everything made sense. I got, I had more peace in my life. I, I knew who I was and I just want people who are dealing with some of the same stuff to encounter Jesus um, the same way that I did. That's what drives me. Okay. And so whenever you said you had your encounter with Jesus, would you care to elaborate on that some more? Oh, for sure. I can keep you up all day with that conversation. That story, <laughs> Tammy, I'll tell you. Was that Tammy? That was you, Tammy. I, I think I, that was you. Yeah, uh, definitely me. <laughs> <laughs> so Katie and Tammy, I, I was in the 11th grade. This was years ago. Oh, my gosh. The 11th grade when I was going through so much stuff um, from family, rejection, um, pain. But one particular thing that I went through um, was this, we call it beef in my community. So when people were beefing with each other, people who had animosity towards each other, people who didn't, who didn't like each other. And I'm trying to make a long story short. We're familiar <laughs> with beef. <laughs> we're from New Orleans. Come on. <laughs> of course, you're from New Orleans. <laughs> um, yeah. So we had some beef with these guys and these guys. I don't want to get all the way in detail into that, but it really caused one of my homeboys to get an attempted murder charge because of a beef that really started with between me and some of the guys that I was, I was beefing with at, at school. And being that there are so many people that I knew that was a part of my gang and they, they stood up for me, you know, there are some things that, you know, they wanted to make sure that these people would stop messing around with me. And I remember going through so much. It was like weeks and weeks of just fighting and gang violence. And and I honestly, after that attempted murder charge that my friend got for me, I was I was in a place where I wanted to, you know, actually 
murder someone. I was at a place where I wanted to just, you know, take someone's life. And I remember being at that place and and also feeling lonely, feeling rejected, just angry, didn't know who I was. And I remember I was at the park just stressed out about the whole situation. I was at Blanche Ely Park, um, Mitchamore Park specifically. And I remember I was smoking some weed at the time. I was smoking and I was and I was trying to relieve the stress that I was feeling. Like with, with, with what I was smoking, right? That's what smoking well people that smoke weed, they go to it so that they can escape of what's going on right now. So as I'm smoking, I just felt this this overwhelming feeling. It almost felt like a, a panic attack. And I almost felt like I was about to die. And I remember right there at that moment, I just began to call on God. And I told God, please don't let me die. Please don't let me die. Please don't let me die. From that day forward, I, I know that I was going through, you know, the 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 beef and feeling rejected and feeling down and feeling, but I felt like there was this embrace from God. I, I had an embrace from him and an assurance to know that everything is going to be all right. But I was still contemplating, you know, really trying to murder these guys because my friend just got an attempted murder charge. And I remember going to church with that in my heart, in my mind. And I remember my pastor as he's preaching he's preaching and I feel like everything that he was preaching about was for me. And I remember him saying the specific words. He didn't know anything that I was going through. He didn't know, he didn't know what I was about to do. He didn't know none of that stuff. And I remember him saying these exact words, do not kill that person. Do not kill that person. And I was wow. like, Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. I think that what was is- God speaking to you through him. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what that was. God speaking to me through him. And from that day, I I don't know. I made a commitment to to really follow Jesus. And I, I think it was the best decision I ever made in my life. I don't think I know that was the best decision I ever made in my life. Oh, it's it's I would agree that it's definitely a life-changing experience. Um and I want to ask you, so at that point, when he said, don't kill that person, I know you're struggling with, uh, you know, still smoking weed and having those evil thoughts and stuff like that. From that moment, do you feel like it still took you um, a, a little while to get all things right? Or were you able to just go, you know what, God is speaking to me and with his power, everything else is relinquished? Oh, for sure. It took me a, a very long time to try to get things to walk in what I would say the will of God and pleasing God with my life. I I uh I remember just taking it day by day, being led by the Holy Spirit. I didn't know that I was being led by the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit was leading me to pray and re- leading me to read my Bible. And I remember just taking it day by day, just opening up the scriptures and reading it to get an understanding and trying to follow it. But then I'm still being tempted to smoke weed and still being tempted to fight, still being tempted to do the things that I, I know I shouldn't be doing. So it took a, a, a pretty long time. It did. It, it was not an easy walk <laughs> at all. But I think the best thing that happened was my junior year, the summer of my junior year, as I'm entering into my senior year, my parents decide to move into a whole new location. And I, at first I was very upset at it, but looking back now, um, I think it was God. It was God because I, I moved into a whole situation. Yeah. I, what I hear is your, you know, being led by that Holy Spirit and you're you're hearing these things and then now you're diving into the Bible. So you're learning what God's standard is for your life uh-huh. but still being surrounded by that toxicity. Um, uh-huh. I'm going to be quite honest is I think that that attributes to majority of us to fail in any way that we try to change in a way that's different from the environment around us. For sure. It's, 
oftentimes I find that when we change our environments, we get clarity. When we change our environments, we get the things that we actually need. Environments can either choke your purpose or it can either influence your purpose in a in a positive way. Um, and so I thank God that for the changing of environments because it was in the changing of an environment that I got to discover who I was. Not only I got to discover who I was, but I got to discover who Jesus is. So yeah, I'm I'm so I was I didn't looking back at it now. I'm grateful that my parents made that decision. <laughs> Even though I was upset that I probably would lose my friends and lose access to the people that I grew up with, it was the best decision that was made. And it, it, it really, really helped me out. Yeah, I was actually, that was going to be my next question is like, how did you move on with, you know, the same group of um, we'll say, you know, with quotes around it, friends that you had, I, I was, that's where I was going to veer the conversation into, but it looks like, uh, you know, God and your parents took care of that for you. That's a great story. Thanks for sharing. Thank you for sharing. I think that's a good question. It was hard for me to move on <laughs> because these are, these are people that I, that I considered family. These are people I grew up with. These are people that that stuck up for me. We fought together. We ate together. We made money together. We smoked together. We told we we told each other things that we don't we don't necessarily talk about. So it was very hard for me, but I had to reconcile with what God wanted to to do, which is the new thing. He was doing something new in me, and He was removing old draining relationships and bringing in relationships that will hold me accountable into who I would become in Christ. Um, but it was very hard. Um, at this point in your life, do you know any of those people from your previous hood that have turned their life over to Christ? Um, yes, I know a few. <laughs> which, which crazy, guys, is that I still have connections and relationships with these guys, not not as as it was, but they still reach out to me and they still ask for prayer. There's still people that, you know, you know, telling me, dang, man, you changed your whole life. I want to eventually come and change my life. I want to come to your church one day. So there are some people that I I am intimately walking and journeying with through their relationship with God. Some people I'm praying with, some people I just you know, you know, just encouraging. Um, but there, there's a very few of them who actually come to the Lord. Um, and it, it, I get it. <laughs> Sometimes uh, everybody's not, you know, ready to, to give their life to Jesus. And that's very true. And with that said, that reminds me of of kind of a few things. And one is that most recently in, in reviewing what the Bible has said about um, our lifestyles and, and trying to elevate to a higher, a higher standard because we want to please the most high um, in our way of life is that also a lot of people that maybe aren't into the Christian belief or have faith don't necessarily understand or even people that are into faith you want to surround yourself with you know positive and like-minded people but also you have to remember that once you do give your life it's then in your works to be spreading that testimony to the non-believers and um I, I just want to say again just your inspiration from doing the Bible study and posting the the prayer online to be so bold in faith is just truly um, expire, inspiring in, in my opinion. And I do aspire to, to have a similar quality as you as far as that is concerned um, and to, to want to continue my relationship and my faith and things like that so I can spread it to more, more people who, who maybe don't know and uh, for anybody that is into faith and and Christianity um, that might be listening to us, as much as we can be drained from kind of toxic environments, 
um, or maybe even be a little standoffish to people that have not um, come to Christ and maybe not a believer is that the Bible specifically says that we are to be a friend to those people. But a true believer should make a welcoming environment, just like you're doing, Mark, still being a friend from even if it's from a distance, but creating an environment to where they could come to you. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with me, Katie. And I'm really encouraged by everything you just shared just now. That's really my heart to be uh, a safe place for the rejected, the hurting, the broken, the unlikely. When I look at Jesus's life, I see a man who sat down with sinners, a man who was unapologetic with um, being around people who, who needed healing, being around people who were sick. And that's what I aspire to be. And there's one thing you shared um, early in regards to how, you know, what my content is doing for you, where you're aspiring to be inspirational and to be a light. That's where my heart is. I'm doing, I'm doing everything that I do to make sure that people are inspired to, to make disciples, that people are inspired to do gospel work, that people are inspired to do what God is calling them to do in their own unique way. I look at Louisiana um, Sisters podcast, and this is amazing that you're bringing in um, people of influence to talk about what they're doing. That's powerful. I look at what you're doing with the community Louisiana. That's powerful that you're bringing in communities, uh, people together to do work, to, 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 to live out generosity that's really powerful and so for me i want to be the type of uh christian that 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 inspires and influences people to do what i'm doing but in their own unique way and i think that's that's what jesus did jesus said go and make disciples um and and he's called I think us. you're absolutely right about that. And um, as far as Community for Unity Louisiana goes, um, I wouldn't trade that experience for anything in the world. It's a very love thy neighbor type operation that we run. And we just are out there wanting to bring people together and help people that are in need. And through the hurricane relief, people would ask us often, like, how is that doing that? And I would always say, it's so heartbreaking and heartwarming at the exact same time. Mm -hmm. It's really special because, you know, me and my sister get to do it together and, you know, grow closer in our relationship. Um, and so she knows exactly how it feels. And I know exactly how she feels. And it's just, you know, so much work, but it was, you know, like doing that we do that for free we don't take monetary donations and like i wouldn't change a thing about it is like the best feeling ever and don't forget my two favorite things to give people is comfort and joy comfort and joy that's <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that's, that's amazing been... <laughs> i love that that you know and it can come from a difficult place of explaining um because we're showing, you know, on social media, the, the kind of like destruction that the hurricane had, and we're working with people, uh, you know, one-on-one -on -one or family on family um, and seeing their struggle. And I, I just can't, just like Tammy said, it's heartbreaking and heartwarming at the same time to be that ear for someone. And once they, once they can tell us, you know, what's going on and things like that, we do encourage them to give it over and to pray about it. Even when we're gone, they're not alone, that they can, you know, use their prayers and that we would be praying for them. I really love that. It reminds me of what we're doing at my church in regards to generosity. Um, we There's a mantra that we say at my church, generosity is our response, meaning we give like nothing is ours. Like we we give like we own nothing. And I find that when we are generous with our time, generous with our resources, generous with what we have, 
people are impacted and people are encouraged and people feel this sense of relief and gratitude like you were just sharing. And I really love what you guys are doing. I I am for that. I support and I really appreciate you sharing that. We grew up in Louisiana. We've been through multiple hurricanes and we went through Hurricane Ida too. So we know what it's like to walk in their shoes. So we really understood them just like you understand the people that you're impacting. And so um, having that generosity as a church has got to be impacting your community uh, greatly. And I commend you for for doing that. And hopefully we can spread some awareness um, uh, of getting that going. It is just such a pure thing. And I do feel that my sister and I were called to fulfill that. It was instantly, I said it and she was ready to go. Um, along with me. And I'm just so grateful as well that I got to have that experience with Tammy. So I do encourage people to to get involved in a community project for sure. And I just want to, before we move on to anything else, I would just like to mention that what me and my sister did donating was all through Amazon wishlist donations from people around the world. And so we wouldn't have been able to do that without people donating to us. But that's all thanks to kind, giving people, set the record straight, it definitely didn't come from us. Yeah. We were just the delivery girls. (laughs) Right, right. Well, Well, that's really powerful. It's still powerful because if it wasn't for you, you creating that space, you being the guide, what you're really doing, what I believe what you're doing is you're teaching the world or teaching people all over the world what it means to be generous and to express generosity. And I love that you're bringing people together to do that. It's powerful. It was definitely the most powerful thing I think I've done in life yet. Same. It was uh, led by God, all thanks to him and all the kind people that donated to us. And advertised for us. Yes. (laughs) Because, you know, we, we don't have like a, like a big platform and, you know, uh, like CPN on telegram and, um, I don't want to say it wrong. He is Blanchard. Yes. Yeah. He advertised a lot for us and anyone else you care to mention? (laughs) Um, a lot of people on Instagram, a, a lot of people on Instagram. And I, you know, with that said, we definitely are going to do a whole show on, that experience. I think that our listeners would definitely love to hear it. And I would just definitely like to get the story out uh, and communicate, you know, further of, of I know, what I know. happened. Um, so back to Mark. So sorry about that, Mark. Yeah, so we're like old friends having coffee talking here, you know. <laughs> just, no need to apologize. I'm enjoying this. Yeah, Southern people really don't know. You know, I will tell you that. That's that's real right there. <laughs> Um, so diving back in, Mark, you know, I want to make sure that, that you have the opportunity to connect with our listeners. And so, uh, one of the things that I really wanted to ask you is right now, knowing that people listening, uh, could possibly not have found, uh, Christ and their identity in Christ, or even have faith or not sure where to turn. So, uh, Tammy and I wanted to ask, to our listeners right now, if you had, let's say, two minutes to to tell them, you know, the where, what, and why of of coming to Christ is important or an inspiration to change, if you could tell us. Well, I'll I'll, I'll try to do two minutes, but I think what's very important important for everyone to know is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not to just know about church, but to know what Jesus did and why he did it. Jesus is absolutely very important for everyone that is listening. Um, And what he did, his story, what he exemplified is very important. I try to always bring up the gospel because the gospel is the very center of of my life and it is the the story of the bible um the gospel is the good news that god the father 
sent his son Jesus to live, die, and be raised in our place of punishment. So that by grace through faith alone in him, we are saved. So for me, I point people to the gospel. And I think the gospel is something that we all need to believe in because it's the gospel. It's us. It's in believing in the gospel that we have eternal life. It's in us believing in the gospel that we know what Jesus did to accomplish our salvation in order for us to have relationship with God. I, I really think that's something that's very important for all of us to, to understand because if it wasn't for Jesus, you know, taking on your punishment or our punishment, <laughs> we w- I wouldn't even be here speaking with you guys. I-, I don't even deserve this grace, but Jesus created a way for me to have access to this grace, to have access to the Father, so that I can have, you know, eternal life in relationship with God. When sin counted us out, counted me out, separated us from God, Jesus found a way for us to be closer or back reunited with our heavenly father and if it wasn't for jesus we wouldn't have this this relationship that that we have jesus took our place he took what we deserved (laughs) so that we didn't have to you know experience the 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 condemnation or experience the suffering that he's experienced he lived the life that we should have lived and died a death that we should have died so that we can have relationship with god and it's beautiful and all we have to do is have faith in what he did so i believe that's the utmost it's very important for us to believe in that amen amen to that yes Um, indeed what is like one of the most common myths that you hear about the Bible um, from non-believers that you can, you know, that you are like, oh, not this again, and that you can debunk? Oh, man. <laughs> I get a lot of those things. I, I hear that a lot of people say that the Bible is not accurate that the bible has has things that that you know that it was written by man i hear so many of those things and it's interesting because many of those people who say those type of things haven't even read the the entire bible for it uh, on their own they haven't really read the entire bible that brings me to to really thinking about recently i stumbled upon uh some supposed lost books of the bible and what people are saying or what's been said is that over time things have been removed from from the bible and then essentially like hidden from us have you heard of the lost books of thomas yes i've heard of it and i also heard about enoch I've heard about um, some of the books. So I've only heard some information on the lost books of Thomas. I haven't heard about any other of the lost books. So, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, (laughs) if it's not in the Bible, then it's something that we shouldn't necessarily uh, depend on. If it's not in the Bible, it, then it's something that we shouldn't really um, care too much for. Not to say that it's not important, but if God in all his wisdom didn't include it in the 66 books of the Bible that we read today, then that must say something. That must say something. So for me, my thoughts are, you know, you can read it for information, but don't forget the 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 Bible that we read today. Um, the Bible that we read today has everything that we need to know about God and his love and what he wants for us. So I, I would point people more towards the 66 books 
that of, of what's basically approved what's in the bible i you know i just want to say with the information that's out there on the lost books and then looking at um people today that are waking up to so much of the propaganda the lies um that we're told on a regular basis i mean now i can look at people in my age range um that are are looking back on what they actually learned in school and and seeing some major holes in the story um seeing that the doctrine was very much created to almost uh misguide us and just even looking at somebody such as yourself you're so big into faith and then looking over time how um god his word the bible jesus all of those things have been suppressed from our adolescent teachings and taking out of our society and taking mm -hmm. it out of our society you know they say well religion is maybe something that should be um taught at home uh but they're they're picking and choosing what our children are able to learn even what we were able to learn so i think that when you find um you know books that are said to be removed from the bible uh and people that really investigate it um to find you know a lot of the same similarities of things that are also said in the bible of course use your discernment of course pray about it of course use your your main bible as your weight but i could definitely see how you know somebody saying it's the lost book of the bible and somebody going kind of like full throttle into thinking that because of just where we are today knowing that we have been lied to listen um, i can go into a whole spiel about that um there's a whole theological um, understanding in regards to why those Bible, those books of the Bible are not even included within the 66 books. There's this thing I would recommend all the listeners to research and to look at. Um, it's called the Canaan of Scripture, which when you when you learn about the Canaan of Scripture, what you're learning about, I'm going to give you a little short summary about that is you're understanding why the 66 books were um, included in the first place and why and what it took for a collective group of people to decide on, you know, why the Bible, why the books that we read about in the Bible was included in the first place. So research the canon of scripture. I, I definitely will, um, because I will say that um, you know, just just having the opportunity to to learn about you know my own faith and things like that. First and foremost, I want to thank God that I'm in a place, in a country, and in a home that um, enables me to to do so. Uh, because unfortunately, even within our own country, there's homes in places where it's not tolerated because it's against, uh, you know, maybe somebody's belief and being kept down. So I definitely, uh, you know what, I'm going to write that down and make sure that I pray for the people who may be being uh, suppressed or turned away from their desire to, to find their faith. Um, sorry, just to go off on a little note there. Uh, I do want to keep that in mind, though, for later, for prayer. I'm looking forward to researching um, to the Canyon of Scripture, and I will have to get back to you on what I think of all of that. But thank you for the information. Oh, yeah, please get back to me. I would love to hear your thoughts. Because okay. the Canyon of Scripture, what it is, is what the Jewish or the Christian religious community regard as part of the Bible. So it's what they came together to, you know, conclude what the bible what books of the bible should be part of the collective 66 books of the bible <laughs> that's a whole thing to chew on so what are five facts five biblical facts um about the bible that you'd like to share Whew. all right <laughs> I'll, I'll start with what the bible is and why it's important the bible is god's word it's God's word. And 1 Timothy 
uh, chapter six, I believe, or chapter five, if not, if I'm not mistaken, it says all scripture is inspired by God. So when we read the Bible, we should regard the the very words of the Bible as it is coming from God Himself. The Bible is God's word to us, and it has everything that we need to know about God, about His love. And about what he wants for us. And if there's anything that you would take away from me today, that right there is very important for you to know. Because the Bible has everything that we need to know about God, his love, and for us. Not only does it that does the Bible contain that, but the it, it's it's important and it's necessary for the Christian to to know the Bible, to rely on the Bible, to to understand the Bible, because it's impossible for you to be a Christian without the Word of God. The Bible is necessary for us to become Christians. It's necessary for us to, to rely on the Word of God because it equips us and it nourishes us. Um, and it tells us the, the, the story of the gospel. So that's one thing. Uh, I, I got a few more things that I think I should I should share. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. We're all ears. Well, God, God is righteous and just. Uh, I know for uh, many people, we, when we hear about who it is, what is God and who is God. Um, we try to understand more and more about what God is and who God is and where he comes from. I'll tell you that he's righteous and just. And for, for a person that's probably trying to understand what does that mean, it means that God always acts according to what is right. And he sets the standards of what is right. God is the standard. And all of his ways are just. And he exemplifies justice. He declares what justice is. He declares what's right. That's a whole can of worms. I wish we can dive deeper into that. But time does not afford us. To, we don't have enough time to really talk into that. Well, maybe we could do another episode or even better. Maybe um, you can come on the telegram and do a Q and a with our listeners that have questions that may ah. be needing some guidance. I would that love was... to be a part of that and have you be a part of that for sure. So how about you know, this one? Yeah. God is God. God is omnipotent, <laughs> which means God is all powerful. Genesis chapter 18 verse 14 tells us, that there's nothing that is too hard for God, that he's powerful, all powerful. There's nothing that he cannot do. <laughs> he can do anything, literally. And I think <laughs> from our own earthly, our own earthly um, perspective and somebody who, you know, is not into ministry or even somebody that's going into ministry, I know that that is something so difficult and really becomes a long process of actually understanding the magnitude of what that actually means when you ex when you accept that and you have faith in that and how powerful that is knowing that that power is within you because it's not enough to just be Christ-like you actually have him in you when you accept him, your full mind, your full Holy Spirit, your whole heart. And that is really the 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 faith walk. You, I like to talk about how maybe somebody in your position um, you, or just Christians in general, when it comes to uh, confronting kind of a non-believer and they're having a problem and we say, just pray, pray about it. Uh, let me pray with you. And I'm guilty of this. It's just like, give your problems to God. I kind of feel like that's the catfish Christian. Give your problems to God. Like it's something that's so easy, but if you don't know what he said and you don't know what his promises, you don't know what, you know, that development of relationship with him for one, you're missing out. For two, you have to develop that relationship and learn how to do it in order to truly 
give your problems to God. It's not like dropping off a fruit basket saying, get well soon. That's me giving me my, my problems to God. It doesn't work that way. You have to be faithful and walk that walk. Right. Yes. Look at you preaching already. I'm practicing. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, all all of being in Bible study and things like that, I myself grew up uh, in church. I would go to a Catholic church on Saturday with my best friend. My parents would go to Baptist church in the morning, and then we would drive uh, about 30 minutes away and go to Methodist church with my grandmother. Uh, my grandfather was a uh, Catholic, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he was Catholic. I never went to church with my grandfather. He would always go early in the morning. He would go to five o'clock mass. He would go to five o'clock. Because my grandma mass. was Methodist. Yeah, he would go to five o'clock mass. So I, by the time, if I slept at my grandma's house or when we were arriving, um, he was back home at that point. So uh, I did miss out on the opportunity to go with him. But growing up in church the way that I did, I can say that I never remember resenting church or rejecting it, but I know that I was somewhat numb to the motions of church. So I don't specifically remember being like, I hate it. I don't want to go. I don't believe in this. Or, or I don't remember having any moments like that in my life, but I do know that it was so routine that I think that I was numb to it, which, um, <clears throat> really leads me to to something that I was very curious to ask you. Yeah, you got a BA in counseling psychology and a master's in educational ministries. And so with that kind of education, when you when you started out on that, so we left off of you're going into high school, you left um, the area and your life began to change from there. What led you to go to college for that? Or was this something else that might have been a change at a later date? Whew, that's a great question. Um, you know, throughout my life, I had to really reconcile with what I was called to do. Um, earlier, I wanted to just, you know, I, I, I was really heavy into music, which is writing raps. I, I, I considered myself a rapper back, back then, but when I when I came to follow Jesus, I I had this deep yearning to just help people. So I I went into counseling psychology thinking that I would be like a counselor to um, people in a professional setting. But then I, as I started getting older and more mature in my faith, I felt like the Lord was leaning me towards, you know, pastoring. So for me, when I got into educational ministry, it gave me a broad perspective on what it looks like to educate people in regards to who God is, but also help me understand what it means to be a leader, a, a Christian leader in, in any space, in any sector. Um, so that's kind of more so like what, what led me to, you know, going to Trinity and learning more about the ministry but i've been doing ministry for like 10 years um so i've i've practiced ministry um longer than i went to school in ministry if that makes sense yeah absolutely and um and doing so was your family totally supportive of you in that yes my family supported me in in that yes I, again, I just want to thank you. I'm so inspired by your page and, and what you're doing and your boldness. And thank you so much for sharing some of those facts about uh, the Bible and especially your, your info drop on how to handle the lost books, because that's the kind of thing that I really enjoy learning about if I think that I find something that's really hidden and maybe nobody else knows about it. Uh, that's me. That's all me. And uh, I know that my sister, she's got the little curious mentality as well. So yeah, I'm definitely a truther and, you know, go that route. So it's always fun to dig about stuff that, you know, the people that 
like watch mainstream media don't necessarily look at. <laughs> so right, I say that right. in the nicest way possible. So yeah. I really appreciate you guys, you know, digging in and um getting to know me a little bit more. I appreciate you guys for having me on the podcast. This was really great. Well, we certainly enjoyed having you and we definitely support people that are, you know, walking with Jesus Christ and also great community leaders and people that have something inspirational to share. That's very much important to us. And we really hope that we can grow an audience that it's important to as well. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed you being here. And like I said before, I do hope that we could do like a Q&A on Telegram at some point. And uh, yeah, thank you so, so much. Mark, where can our followers uh, find you? And if you don't mind sharing any upcoming projects, we'd love to hear about it. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Um, you guys can follow me on any of the social media outlets. Um, I'm on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. I'm everywhere. Snapchat. And, and now and, Telegram. <laughs> and now <laughs> Telegram. Um, my, my, my handle is at Mark Lebrun. Um, or just go to my website, marklebrun.com. Uh, you can click the link in my profile on any of those social media outlets. You'll be able to find me. Um, and I'm about to create a space for people to grow in their faith and to break free from some of the things that they struggle with. I've been getting so many questions from people all around the world on a lot of my social media outlets. And I, I felt led to create a community, a private community where people can come together and grow and learn more about Jesus and where we can come together and pray with each other. And I'll just share some um, exclusive content, only exclusive to them. And they'll be able to access that by going to the website as well um, or clicking the link on any of my um, profiles bio. You'll be able to access, find access to that, that community you've been able to provide some inspiration and some guidance into our listeners' lives. I, you know, just really thank you for being here. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really appreciate you all. I, I pray that you all were blessed by this conversation. I pray that the Lord keeps you. May he bless you. May he shine his light upon you. May the grace of God continue to influence you into doing what God has called you to do. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for that, Mark. And uh, to all of our guests listening, we will, uh, we obviously will have some posts up about Mark and his links uh, will be with our information. And hopefully we can collaborate with Mark again soon. Thanks again for joining. Bye, y'all.